Welcome, sports fans, to the next great podcast surrounding the NFL. It's the latest catch. I'm Brent Labonte, the founder, and our partner with one of my great friends, Bryson Mercier. Today, we'll go over popular news, topics, headlines, and predictions for this upcoming week. Obviously, before we start, make sure to let other people know and continue to follow the process. Every listener matters. All right, before we hop into this episode, a uh, quick word from our sponsor. Sweet pattern, and it is picked off. Intercepted. By Robbins. Fires a short arm. It's picked off. And intercepted. Robbins. All right, so starting off the show, we are going to welcome in Nevada cornerback Burdale Robbins to the latest catch podcast. All right, Burdale. To start things off here, we're going to ask you some questions. So with that being said, you recently just finished up your last year at Nevada. Looking back on it now, how would you and what would you have to say the best moments were during your career there? Um, Definitely getting interceptions. <laughs> uh, for sure, getting interceptions. Um, Honestly, the memories of my teammates, too. Just all the wins after the – after the wins, the locker room celebrations, just most mostly stuff like that, and obviously like uh, culminating and graduating and getting a degree in communications in December. So those are a few things I'm proud of and most happy about. Yeah, because when you pick a college, you don't uh, pick the college just for the football team. You also pick the college that you want the best degree from as well. Exactly uh, right. So we mentioned that your college career has uh, came to an end, but before we touch on that and your future, we're going to go back to your high school days here. Uh, You went to Los Angeles High School and won an L.A. City Section Championship. Uh, That game that you had, uh, you shut down the number one wideout in the 2018 class, and you scored two touchdowns. Um, Was that your best high school game, or do any other games uh, stand out to you or have special meaning? Oh, man, y'all did your history. (laughs) All right, uh... No, nah, I think that was the game for me where I, I just kind of knew it was like winding down towards the end of my career. And we had lost to them during the season. And I had a sprained ankle, so I didn't play in that game. So just wanted to put together a show. I think that was definitely one of my best games. So you also played offense and defense in high school. So was there any interest by like any colleges for you to play receiver? I did see you caught a pass. In 2017 with Nevada. So, like I said, did you have any interest for playing receiver at the next level? You know what's crazy, bro? The, okay, so when I came into Nevada, I came in as a corner. I didn't make the travel roster, so they put me – I ended up being a scout team wide receiver, and I was doing well over there. So, the OC seen it, and then they called me over to offense for a little bit. I was just a backup, though. That's why. That's where you see the one catch for zero yards. They try to run me a – a little jazz sweet, but it didn't work out. So, and then, uh, but eventually during that same year, I got switched back to defense. But to answer your question, definitely, I've been running routes. Uh, I still got it, honestly, and that's not me flexing. So, I'm gonna run routes on pro day and uh, do DB drills. That's awesome. All right, so yeah. you were viewed as a two star recruit. You didn't really have many college options. Uh, both Dixie State and Western Mexico, Mexico were interested, uh, but you decided to commit to Nevada. What led to you making that decision? And why was Nevada the best fit for you? Um, Nevada was perfect for me because, for one, my head coach that was with me at L.A. High School, 
uh, Eric Scott, he actually got the job at Nevada as well during the same transition period. So he kind of like put me in front of Jay Norvell and uh, Coach Varney, and they actually gave me the offer. So it all just made sense. And I also went up there with Cayman Curitan, uh Christopher Green. We both, we all played at LA High together. And then there was a few other city section kids too uh, that got offered from me, Scott, Jay Norvell. So it all just kind of made sense. And then obviously the division uh, difference with uh, New Mexico State and Dixie State being D2. So, yeah, it was kind of just a no-brainer for me. Yeah, you mentioned uh, that you went to Nevada with Eric Scott. Uh, we Our next question is uh, about him. He got a job with San Jose State uh, recently. Uh, so what was it like to be able to play for him at the college level? And uh, what does he do well that sets him aside from other coaches, do you think? Um, he's He's authentic. He's gonna he's gonna hold you accountable. He's gonna tell you when you're messing up, and he's gonna tell you when you doing something right. You know what I mean? He's gonna love you up and give you your props. Uh, it's just a certain type of a certain type of like family vibe he gives off with his players. And um, I mean, I, I'm biased, but you can reach out to players like Elijah Cooks and Romeo Dubs, and they'll tell you the same thing. We were all happy for him that he was able to love, kind of level up and get a higher position at San Jose State. So. And then he actually has a he he got um Elijah Cooks actually at San Jose State and Justin Lockhart so yeah that that should that's be volumes for them to go over there with him. Yeah, that's gotta be really cool to be able to play not only with your high school coach, but then you got to also um, be coached by him at the college level. Yeah. So being an outside corner, you're standing at five nine. Yeah. You know, usually those two two things don't go hand in hand, but I think you've proved a lot of critics wrong. You were uh, one of the best corners in your conference these last two seasons. I'm sure the one thing, though, that kept schools away from you was your height. So how much proving wrong have you had to do? And did the lack of size affect your recruiting process at all? Yeah. Yeah. I just – I charge it to the game. Can't change it, really. So uh, it's, it's, it's funny, though, because when I actually walk on the field and – Standing at my stature, no matter how much I weighed or no matter how tall I was, no matter what age, I've never felt like, oh, wow, like these guys are big. Like, I don't really pay attention to that. And I've always been good at football. So that little stigma, it, it kind of like it's aggravating in a sense. But what could I do besides just ball out and prove them wrong? So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, size is uh, something that uh, is looked at by a lot of recruits. And I feel like it's a little – Bit looked into a little too much, uh, that's for sure, because size doesn't mean everything. Yeah. Uh, so from first stepping onto campus, um, coming from high school to college, what would you say one of the biggest transitions for you was uh, going to play Division One college from high school? Um, the schedule, the schedule is tough. Like, like I don't know. Like, we don't – I. Uh, I guess I guess I could go ahead. I've been wanting to say something about this, but like the the LA city section sports, I don't think that it's taken serious enough uh, to the point where it gets you college ready. Granted, I had E. Scott, so he kind of just like was up there to really like walk us through the process. But um, the scheduling, it's just like you go from practice after school. And then it's like the schooling isn't hard in L.A. City section. They don't really challenge you. Um, then you practice for two hours, you go home. 
it's completely different in college. Like you waking up at four a.m. sometimes. You got meetings. You got workouts. You got another meeting, more meeting, then practice, then you know what I mean, then and then school. So it's just kind of like it was hard on me in that sense. And for me personally, my circumstances was different losing my brother in the first two weeks of my freshman uh, semester. So it was it was kind of tough. So your first three seasons at Nevada, you received a little playing time. But going into your fourth year, all your hard work seemed to pay off. You're in the All-Mountain West, honorable mention in 2020. And this year you had a career-high three interceptions. What improved overall from your game from freshman year to now? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just the intensity. It's like – it's the intensity level, I think, for sure. It's like when you go to practice, I think that, like, my first few years, I wasn't really in the in the limelight. So, practices for me was kind of just, like, half practices, you know what I mean, while the starters take all the reps. So, I just kind of got into a lazy mode. So, then junior year, it kind of took a toll once I did start, uh, like, because my coach would be like, oh, you, you, you lazy in practice, you lazy in practice, da-da-da, you don't want to – you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, bet. Like, spotlight on me now. So let me just lock in for practice. And the more I understood that, I think the better I got just keeping the same intensity no matter what when you step on the field, if it's practice or a game. So, yeah, uh, obviously you must have done something right because now you are declaring for the uh, 2022 NFL draft. Uh, first off, I want to say congratulations. Um, and we hope to show out and get your name called. Uh, during the draft but with that being said what is something that you are you know looking to improve to make your way to that next level that next jump in your career um for me uh once again I think we just tighten in the notches as far as the football aspect um as far as stature I have been working on my weight just getting my weight up uh I've been um, training in Dallas since I got here. I've gained 14 pounds, I believe. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's my biggest focus. Like, I've already – I talked to my agents. Like, we already got the stats. We got the film. Right now it's all about just testing and just making sure I'm ready for when, when the day comes I do enter a camp and it's time to actually play football. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Now, watching that film, you had two career defensive touchdowns, both of them coming from this season. Uh, one thing you showed in particular was your getaway speed. As everyone knows, the 40-yard dash is a huge event for all prospects ending the draft. That's right. So, if you were to give us a number, man, what is that looking like? <laughs> uh, without jinxing it, uh, we, 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 looking, we looking at a 4-3, right now, man. Low four four, high four three right now. I'm just chipping away every day. We we've been working with some great speed coaches and Coach RJ and uh I actually been training with a Olympic uh Olympic gold medal runner so and uh Coach Candy. So it's been it's been a journey, man. So right now we're looking at four four three, high four three, low four four range. I'm just chipping away. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, uh so there are multiple players from your team that are also declaring for the draft. But the most notable would probably have to be your quarterback, uh, Carson Strong. Uh, you get you get to go against him every day in practice. So what makes him such a great quarterback, and what will teams be getting uh, when they if they draft him if they draft him? Um, 
he's a he's a he's definitely a competitor. Um, him, Romeo, Cole, even Elijah. It's a few names that that's gonna that, that's gonna shock the world as well next year. But um, I think the biggest we all just kind of came up together, just sharpening each other. Like there were times like I would me and Carson just running to each other. He's just throwing at the at the nets, and I'm just working on my footwork. You know what I mean? So. Uh, he's definitely a hard worker, a competitor. Um, one of the guys, like he's just one of those guys that's just like if he's if he's doing something wrong, he's gonna correct it and work on it ten times over to the point where he's like great at it. You know what I mean? So, uh, tremendous leader. You know what I mean? He knows how to get a team involved for sure. Um, and he actually knows football. Like a lot of these quarterbacks, they can't walk into a meeting room and you know what I mean dissect the coverage and be as well as he is at the line of scrimmage and all of those things. So I commend him on those, on those few things for sure. So now I'm going to put the spotlight back on you here. Uh, last night I did a little research and I came across some awesome stuff, man. So I read that you were all about giving back, helping others, you know, putting smiles on people's faces. You organized a number of food drives in Los Angeles, providing more than 260 meals for the homeless. And you also raised money across the country uh, to give nearly 600 toys to disadvantaged kids. Yeah. Now, now, not only that, but you're going to be starting your own nonprofit enterprise network charity. Um, could you describe to us and the people what your mission's all about and some of the things that you'll be doing? Um, philanthropy, just giving the love, honestly. Like, uh, it's just, and those things, like, it's just things that I've always wanted to do as a child. So, you know what I mean? Just getting into a spot and position in my life to where I could do that, it was a blessing for me as well. Um, so yeah, uh, but to get into the Enterprise Network charity, that's basically just gonna be uh, kind of similar to the Red Line, just whatever cause you know what I mean is at, at hand, and we're obviously gonna give people who visit the website a chance to donate and get involved and actually help us, like actually you know what I mean, like know about the activities that's going up and get involved physically. Or whatever you whatever you can do, so yeah, it's gonna be a good thing for sure. We're just slowly chipping away at that, getting ready to launch it. Yeah, I'm sure you have a, a lot of support. You've got our support as well. Anything that we could do to help, just give us a text, man, and because yes, your stuff is awesome. So it's been a great time uh, today with you. Uh, here's our last question: uh, What is some advice that you would give to a high school student that is looking to continue their sports career um, at the next level. Uh, is there anything that you think that they should know? Um, I would say get active. You, um, it's kind of, it's kind of. I think that the high school to college game is changing nowadays, and you can't just leave it up to chance anymore. You got to get active, and you know, what I mean, obviously, you got to put the work in on the field. But at this point, it's just like. You got to get tapped in and go where, you, you know what I mean, where you know that you can get seen and get some type of attention on you and stuff like that. But as far as, like, actually being a high school student, for sure, just lock in, make sure your grade's straight, and um, anything else should fall in hand. All right, Burdale, thank you so much, man, for coming on. For real, it means a lot. It means the world. Uh, we'll be following your career here. We do enter the for draft. Sure. We'll be checking out your uh, pro day and stuff. You said you'd be running some routes as well, right? Yes, sir. All right. We'll check that 40-yard dash time out, too. For sure. Thank you.
Hey, no problem. All right. Hey, anytime you want to do this thing again, we'll, you know, we'll keep in touch. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. All right. That was our interview with Burdale Robbins. I mean, what a good guy. Uh, such a giving, giving person and someone that does a lot for his community. And that fits right in with the national holiday of the day today. Today is National Caregivers Day. So, I mean, what a guy. It was amazing. Uh, he has that Enterprise Network charity. Hopefully you guys can go support that um, and support his social media. Go give him a follow. Uh, he's a great guy, and we hope to have him on again. So with that, we're going to hop in to our NFL topics of the day here. Uh, the Vikings uh, are committed to Kirk Cousins for next season. Um, Brent, what what are your thoughts on this? Should they go in this direction with Kirk Cousins, or should they find a different franchise quarterback? So my original thought here is I'm looking at the division of the Green Bay Packers, and those guys are obviously going to be the expected winners, Aaron Rodgers, especially if he comes back. If Rodgers doesn't return, this division could probably be won by the Vikings if they kept Kirk Cousins. Now they have new head coach Kevin O'Connell. He went from the Rams. He was previously their offensive coordinator. I don't know how long of a process it's going to be until all of those guys know the offense. Maybe this is the coach they need um, to get them over the hump. Everybody knows Mike Zimmer was a defensive-minded head coach. They have some decent pieces on offense with Delvin Cook, uh, Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is not the best quarterback. He didn't have a bad year, but he's just one of those mediocre quarterbacks that will get the job done, win you some football games, but probably will never get you over the hump. Now, I, I'm a, like I said, if Rodgers returns, I'm going to try to go out and trade for a quarterback. And I know they drafted Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M last year. He'd be a really, really interesting quarterback to see if he can somehow uh, work his way into QB1. I mean, w- what if the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins? I mean, I don't know. This would be interesting. Rodgers doesn't return for Green Bay. Say he goes elsewhere. They might stick with Cousins and just win the NFC North. I'm not going to say they're going to have a Super Bowl run, but they might be the favorites in that division then. Yeah, especially if Aaron Rodgers doesn't return. I like that statement, but I don't know why they are so mad about Kirk Cousins right now. I mean, the statistical year that he had last year was not a bad year. He might have had a top 10 season statistically. Uh, and his QB to, or his QB rating, passer rating, and uh, touchdown and interception ratios those were all top 10 in the league, I believe. Um, he had a solid year statistically. Uh, I think that they have more problems defensively than offensively, and I feel like quarterback isn't a need for the Vikings. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think you can remain with Kirk Cousins for just a, long, just a while. Uh, I mean, they were looking into Deshaun Watson, um, and Deshaun Watson said that the Vikings were a team that he would be willing to join. So, are you going to pursue Deshaun Watson if you're the Vikings, Brent? I I don't believe you go after Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he has so much like legal problems right now. I, I wouldn't even think about having that guy join my team until everything gets cleared up. And I know the Texans, the new head coach there, Lovey Smith, he would love to have Deshaun Watson back, but obviously they're just waiting on everything to be figured out there. And as of right now, he, he sits in a lot of trouble. Um, so Deshaun Watson, I'm, I'm thinking he will not play for a while. And if he does, I do not see it being with the Minnesota Vikings right now, this season, like I said, it's either going to be Kirk Cousins team or Kellen Munz. Yeah, I agree. Now we're going to hop over to the West coast here with the Rams. Um, 
Do you think that they can bring the super team back uh, with Odell, even though he probably would not play next year because he tore his ACL, I believe? Um, if they can return everybody here, are they going back-to-back? I do not believe so. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, they brought all 22 starters back, and they were not able to go back-to-back. With Tom Brady at quarterback, I do not think they go back-to-back. Brenty? Yeah, and Odell is not the only guy they'd probably try to uh, resign. I'm thinking Von Miller. Miller's going to hit the market. He said he's going to test all options here. Uh, I know Aaron Donald said, if I'm coming back, I need Odell and I need Miller back in L.A. So that'll be really interesting because if you can't get those two pieces back, you might lose your best defensive player. And who knows? This could just be a one-year wonder type of year for the Rams, and you may never see another uh, Super Bowl win for quite a while. I understand Sean McVay is an absolute mastermind, great offensive genius. Uh, I think he's probably the best coach in the NFL as of right now. You get Stafford here for a couple years, but without this super team, I don't know how good they possibly can be. I just know the LA Rams, they're very good at drafting guys in the mid-rounds, second rounds. Uh, Recent second rounder they just drafted was Cam Akers, and we've seen how dominant he was this postseason. They still have some pieces, but if you lose Donald, you lose Odell, you know, you lose Von Miller, they pretty much went all in for these guys uh, for like their last dance type of run. They get rid of all these draft picks. They could really be hurting here in the future. So I do not think they will go back to back just because we, like Bryson said, the Buccaneers, it just shows how tough it is to not just win one, but two in a row. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like they might be a one hit wonder. Um, I feel like teams are going to know how to beat them next year, and I feel like they won't be able to make a deep playoff run. But a team that can make a playoff run, but they're going to need a quarterback at the helm, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they just signed a QB coach, Tom Clements, and that was Rodgers' guy that he wanted. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers a lock to come back to Green Bay? I, I have no clue. This is... Like last offseason, it's going to be a lot of rumors until something actually happens. So Tom Clements was actually the Packers offensive coordinator with McCarthy. Uh, this is when they had, uh, all, all Packer fans would know, Scott Tolzien, Matt Flynn, Seneca Wallace, that type of year um, where Rodgers got hurt. I don't know if it was his collarbone or whatever. But Rodgers liked him, enjoyed him as a head coach. So or as an offensive coordinator, so he wanted him back as the QB coach. Everybody knows the Packers quarterback coach went to Denver with Hackett. So they need to fill that hole. They ended up doing so with Rodgers' favorite guy. I I also heard that Rodgers' fiance ended up breaking up with him, so he would probably not go where she really I – th- I think he wanted him to go to the, to the West Coast, kind of where Rodgers is from, California area. So that's not an option anymore. It sounds like Rodgers is just going to go back to Green Bay where he's been playing. And it seems like the the staff there, the GM, Gutenkunst, he's giving him more, more reins and letting him decide a little bit more about the team and what he wants for this Packers future. Yeah, and it paid off because Randall Cobb won us a game last year against the Arizona Cardinals. And that was one of Rodgers' guys that he wanted to bring in. So... If I'm the Packers, I'm letting him do whatever he wants to have him come back to Green Bay. Not only, but Green Bay is going to have to let go a lot of guys here because we mentioned before in our podcast that in order 
for Rodgers to come back. He's going to have to be paid the highest uh, amongst quarterbacks in NFL history, and that's more than Patrick Mahomes. And the negotiation that's been going on, I, I only hear it's a two-year deal. Uh, he's under contract for next season, so that'll be about three years for Rodgers in Green Bay. And as I mentioned, they are in salary cap problems right now. And if you're pay- paying Aaron Rodgers the most in the whole entire NFL, and you have to bring back Devontae Adams, you're not going to have a lot of money to throw around to these free agents. You're looking at some really key pieces for them right now. Uh, linebacker, Devontae Campbell. Devontae Adams, uh, tight end Robert Tunyon, Rajul Douglas. They luckily have Jair Alexander on a fifth-year option, but they could, have been, they could have lost a lot of pieces here this year, and they're going to have to go through that roster. They might have to cut some uh, friendly faces that they've had around for a while, um, but that's also part of the game. It's a business. Yeah, business it is, and business has to be done in Dallas as well. Um, Zeke Elliott and Amari Cooper – uh, there are rumors of Dallas shopping them, uh, trading them. Um, if I'm the Cowboys, do you do do you want to trade Zeke and Amari Cooper? What What are your thoughts on that? So here are my thoughts on on this here. Now Amari Cooper, for some reason, Jerry Jones is just down on the season he had. Cooper was not bad at all, and I, I'm thinking he's he's upset about the wrong person here, Ezekiel Elliott is out of his prime, you know, his injuries, his carelessness. Um, I feel like he's gotten really lazy over the years. We did see him put on some weight, but then he lost it, most of it at least, going into this season. He was injured pretty much all year, but he had some really good games early on this season. We also seen how dominant Tony Pollard was. And Pollard was a, a backup for them, drafted, I believe, out of Kentucky. And a guy who was a receiver, moved to running back. To me, he has a, a lot more burst. I think he led the NFL in average for uh, per rushing attempt. I think you go in that direction and not with Zeke. Zeke's the problem there. You can keep Cooper around. Both of those guys are making a lot of money. I did see as well that Zeke is making the most out of any running back this year in the NFL. And it's pretty hard to argue that he's even a top five guy anymore. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they're overpaying him a lot. Um but, I mean, with Amari Cooper, what are you expecting? He's a wide receiver number two right now on that team. I mean, yeah, I don't know what they're really expecting out of Amari Cooper. Yeah, and you also got a guy like Michael Gallup. He's going to be a free agent this year. So you're going to lose Michael Gallup. But then you also somehow want to shop Amari Cooper. It doesn't make much sense if you're Dallas. Like I like I said, I don't know why Jerry Jones is so frustrated with his performances. late. I understand you paid him a lot of money. But when you got a guy like C.D. Lamb and, you know, a great wide receiver core out there, you see like Cedric Wilson, uh, one of their guys that they have. They have like a Noah Brown who plays a really solid role there. Uh, like I said, I mean, it, it would just be dumb for them to get rid of Amari Cooper and not Ezekiel Elliott. Now, Bryce, I got a question for you quick. Not really NFL related, but I did see Jim Harbaugh was extended on a five-year deal. Uh, Michigan got that deal done previously. What, what do you think on that one there? I couldn't be any more excited. As a Michigan football fan, wow, was that. I was playing, I, I was in basketball practice. I get out of basketball practice. I look at my phone, see Michigan hire Jim Harbaugh for five more seasons. And I was like, let's go. This dude finally got a good team in Michigan, in Ann Arbor. He got us to the college football playoff, and things are only going up from here. I feel like they might be a team to beat in the college football season for years to come. 
but they do play in the Big Ten, and Michigan State, Ohio, you know, Penn State, those teams, Wisconsin, those teams in the Big Ten are going to be good, and Iowa as well. That conference is so good. It's going to be so tough for a Big Ten school to have a long run, uh, that's for sure. So this will be the last segment here today. Um, I did see yesterday on Twitter that the Buccaneers, if they do not get Tom Brady back, because they've been trying pretty hard here to get him out of retirement, he is thinking about that, and it could possibly happen. But they tried at least making some attempts um, to get Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. So, Bryson, I got a question for you here, man. Is Russell Wilson, not only is he leaving, but do you see him being a part of this Buccaneers squad next year? I mean, I could. Um, I see a guy like Jameis Winston, and that can be a guy that they bring back to Tampa Bay. He was already in Tampa Bay. Um, I feel like Russell Wilson would probably be their number one guy, or Deshaun Watson, one of those two guys, would probably be their best on-the-field people. But, I mean, don't sleep on Jameis Winston if they can't get any of those two. That's for sure. So, with Pete Carroll returning, it pretty much means to me that Seattle wants to also keep around Russell Wilson. So I don't see Seattle budging on any deals sent their way. So this one's pretty much a no for Tampa. As much as those Buccaneers fans would love to have Russell Wilson uh, there, because I think they'd be just as good, if not better, with Russ. Um, You know, they could possibly right back into that Super Bowl contention. But without Tom Brady, this team, I mean, without their defense, they might be one of the worst teams in the league again. And I know Bruce Arians is back, which means no rebuild. So we're going to have to see which direction they go with quarterback. And along the lines of quarterbacks, if there's one backup price in this entire league right now that would possibly be get, given another chance, which guy do you want to see succeed again? I've got one. And he played for the Bears, had a Pro Bowl season, and got shipped off to Buffalo Never heard of him again. Mitchell Trubisky. I feel like that dude has so much left to prove. He has some game left in his tank. I feel like if one team were to give him a shot, give him a legit shot, I feel like he may be able to do some damage. That's my backup quarterback, Dark Horse. That's my guy right there, Mitchell Trubisky. I saw him play against the Packers too many times, and he kind of balled out against us sometimes. There were other times where he made some stupid passes, but... He showed flashes of someone good. So I would like to see him have another shot in the NFL. So here's a guy, and he was a starter a little bit this year for um, Houston. But with that team, they were just absolutely horrible. I, I, I want to get some credit to Davis Mills, how good of a job he did his rookie season. And really, he is so, like, he's not talked about enough about, you know, how good of a job he did with the roster that they had. And I feel he's overlooked by guys like Mac Jones and those rookie quarterbacks, um, even Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. This guy probably had one of the best seasons out of those rookie quarterbacks, and he was taken later. Um, But the guy who backed him up to end the year was Tyrod Taylor. And Tyrod Taylor, you may may look at his stats this year, they won't blow you away whatsoever. But he's usually a guy that will never turn the ball over. He led the Bills to a playoff berth, and they never even had that good of a of a roster. This guy has some wheels still. He's getting up there in age, but you don't have to sign him for long. But if you're looking at Tampa Bay, 
this would be a team that would kind of intrigue me that maybe would give this guy a shot. Um, I think any team that would sign him, you're going to get an above-average backup quarterback um, that's a really solid player, uh, very smart, has in, insane awareness, and the guy, if you do want to put him as a backup, he's going to bring a lot of veteran experience, and he's a mentor of some of the younger guys. And at Tampa Bay, that's where I see you got Kyle Trask as the backup. I don't think he's ready going into year number two. So you're bringing Tyrod Taylor, man. He's ready not only to play right now, but he's also going to help out your backup big time. Yeah, I agree with that. T-Mobile, uh, we've always been, we've always liked him. So that's going to wrap up our show today. Uh, next episode, obviously next Wednesday, we have a guest for that day as well. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, once again, we're sponsored. So every every listener matters, like the introduction says. Every listener matters. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, we'll see you on Wednesday.